This message was brought to you by Christian Service. afternoon in whichever order and welcome to the fancy files podcast depending on when you're listening to it i am your host greg the scots and i have today quite the team as we are continuing from where we left off the last time from the very wonderful christian campground campsite event place called cab uh so i am here today with the marvelous mick mick how are you doing i'm doing very well thank you mick are you rejoiced yes are you rejoicing i'm rejoicing but a bit less with every single fly that lands on me (laughs) there are a crazy amount of flies in this little room that we're in it's like they were just waiting to get in we opened the door and they all just came flying on in people uh so also i have with me the very lovely power couple the roby arts the dream team the power couple I give you Ezra, the Ezrasaurus Rex. Rexy, how are you today? I'm doing all right. Are you also rejoiced slash rejoicing? Rejoice is a verb. <laughs> yes, I'm rejoicing. But are you doing it? <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> Excellent. And we have the Robino! How are you, Robin? I'm doing good. Now tell me, are we in or out of the flow today? We are still in the flow, working oh. on it. Okay. Yeah. But you want to be in the flow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've accomplished your goal. Finally. Finally. All right. Finally. The flow has come back. Okay. So we started the series the last time uh, you were with us, and we're going through uh, – we want to touch on different uh, biblical doctrines. And so we're looking at – Salvation. Essential. This is an essential doctrine. So within Christianity, within the true body of faith, people are going to have disagreements on certain things. You know, for example, Bible prophecy. And even within Bible prophecy, the rapture, the timing of the rapture. You can be a true Christian and have a disagreement on when the rapture will take place. Uh, There's going to be disagreements on spiritual gifts on the ev- the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You actually have a whole bunch of Christians that they don't even believe how Pentecostals see it or Charismatics, and that's okay. It's not a salvation issue. It's not like, oh, you don't see it the way I do? You aren't, you aren't going to heaven. Uh, women in ministry. There is a great disagreement within the body of Christ on the role that women can have in ministry. That's not a salvation issue. But... When it comes to how a person is saved, how a person has forgiveness of sins, that is essential. If you have that wrong, 
okay, according to the Bible, there is eternal consequences to it. So you're saying salvation is a salvation issue. That is correct. <laughs> and it checks out. Thank you. So last week, we laid a pretty heavy foundation regarding sin. We needed to lay that foundation because if you don't understand why you are that you need to be saved, then salvation to you could be confusing. You could have the wrong idea of why you're saved, why you need to be saved, what's the purpose of salvation. We kind of talked about it last week that there is some that look at like coming to Jesus as like an add-on to their lives. Coming to Jesus is not an add-on to your life. Coming to Jesus means everything. Mm -hmm. You are giving him your life. As he gave his life for us, we give our lives for him. And we're going to you know, we'll get into what all that means, what that looks like. But if if you're a born-again Christian, if you've come to know Jesus Christ as a, you know, your Lord and Savior, you are trusting in him, you know that when you come to him that it's not just Okay, a little bit of Jesus now. It's all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's all about him. And so if that's new to you or foreign to you, then I would say you need to evaluate whether or not you're actually in the faith. Because if it's not all about Jesus, and I'm not talking about like this perfect thing because we read there's none righteous, no, not one. Even Christians are going to mess up. But if there isn't in some way a desire to want to be more like Christ and to pursue him with all your heart and that it is all about him, it's time to take a look. Well, we have to kind of, if we look through history, right, one of the great things that uh, Christian men and women have done throughout the years was really uh, putting an emphasis on examining themselves. And um, with time, that has kind of fallen out of fashion, I would say. Um Mostly, not necessarily because we think that we don't do anything wrong, but I think that just overly uh, we forget uh, why it was so important in the first place. I mean, the Bible tells us to do it, and I think that perhaps that might have something to do with us being a bit more lax with our uh, interpretation and obedience of the Bible. But to really know that you are saved is the potentially the greatest blessing after salvation itself. Amen. Yeah. You know, we talked about last week at the beginning of our podcast where we said that as Christian service, we believe the Bible is the word of God. It is the only word of God. It is inerrant. It is sufficient. It is our authority for all things regarding uh, God, doctrine, our spiritual walk. That's important that we need to say that and remember that because what we're giving you today is from the Bible. I like what something Paul Washer had said once where he had read a portion of scripture, just read it, and someone said, I don't like your interpretation. He didn't even interpret anything. He just read the verse. And Paul Washer goes, I didn't interpret the verse. I read the verse. Ooh. So and that's what we do. We need to look at language. I know language today is just, you know, words mean nothing for some people but when it comes to scripture when it comes to the bible the, god himself jesus said like every i will man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god every word is inspired 
Every word that is there is meant to be there. God isn't playing games with us. It's not some hide-and-go-seek thing. It's not some puzzle. Oh, here it is. Try to put it together. You know, try to figure it out. Read between the lines. A lot of people do that. Just read between the lines. Or I know better than God. Or, you know, Scripture isn't, you know, it's is it the Word of God? Some of it is, not all of it. People who go down that road go down a very, very dangerous path. And people who go to churches that teach that are going are, are in danger of being deceived and not being taught sound truth that God has revealed to mankind because the Bible this is the method that God has used writings literature to speak to us well I think it was Gnosticism that we spoke about a bit uh, last time that the main heresy of it was that there was secret knowledge to be attained that apart like in the word of god there were like secret things that were like not accessible to normal people like you needed to be a part of that group and and paul really fought against that and uh yeah so before we start diving like really dive in i actually want to get mick to read the verses uh we read them last week and maybe we kind of went off a bit, uh, but again, we want we needed to lay a foundation. So, Mike, can you read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9, and 10? For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Last week, or the last time that we were, when you heard this podcast, we talked about how all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How mankind is born with a nature that it's, it's not just oopsies. It is a nature that will oppose itself towards God. Man is born with that at our hearts. The Bible actually says this, men are evil. And I know you... What do you mean, what, we can't do good things? Yes, of course, that we're going to do good things to one another. But those good things do not earn you anything at all in your sinful state and getting yourself right with God. And that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about whether or not men have the ability to go out and do something that's nice. Or that mankind cannot be kind. Or mankind cannot be generous. We're not saying that. But what we're saying is that men in his heart, there's an evil there. That that there is a darkness there. That there is a nature that opposes itself against its creator. And that when God, the light of the gospel, when who God is in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his purity, is shown towards men and shown towards unredeemed mankind. Unredeemed mankind wants nothing to do with that God. Well, yes, we might want to hear all about the happy God, the love. We like to hear about love. Mankind wants to hear about that. But when it comes to God is holy and will hold you accountable on the judgment day. Bible says, for it's appointed unto men to die once and then the judgment. Everyone on this planet is going to stand before God and give an account. And that if mankind in their unredeemed sinful state were to stand there, they would be declared guilty. They would be compared to the law and shown they've sinned. But not only in their acts, in their thoughts, in their motives, in the things that they didn't do. And in all of that, 
and in hearing the gospel and rejecting it. And the Bible says that whosoever's name is not written in the book of life shall be cast into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. Hell is eternal. It is not, a, you know, you get thrown in there and then eventually you just vanish. There are some people who teach that. The scripture does not teach that. Now, having said that, yes, that's scary. Yes, that needs to open your eyes to the condition of everyone on this planet. But guess what? There's good news. There is fantastic news that you do not have to die lost and spend eternity in hell. That you can be reconciled to the God you have sinned against. That you can have forgiveness of sin, all sin. That weight, that guilt, the shame that you have, that you hold on to, the pain, the things that you know you've done that no one else knows about, but God knows. All of that. No matter how awful, how dark, how perverted, how wicked it is, you can have forgiveness of sin. You can be made clean. I like Pilgrim's Progress. And in Pilgrim's Progress, Christian, he has the bag, the heavy burden. He wants to get rid of the burden. He doesn't know how until he goes to the cross. And then the burden is taken off. He is free. You can have freedom from sin. You can be saved from sin. You can be free from sin. You can go from a child of wrath to a child of God. How? By grace, through faith, in believing what Jesus did and that he lived a perfect life, that he kept the law of God, the only one who did, and that he went and died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, the sin was put on Christ and God's wrath was poured out on Jesus was poured out on Jesus Christ, when it should be poured out on us, was poured out on Jesus. And then Jesus said, it is finished. And then he gave up, the Bible says he gave up the ghost, he gave up his spirit, and was buried. And three days later, he was resurrected. The sin debt is paid. John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. My friends, if you are in the world, you can be saved. Every born person born on this planet needs to hear the gospel and you have the opportunity to be saved. For the word of God tells us that it that God desires that none should perish but all come to repentance. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, but Greg, I feel like a question that is commonly asked by people that don't believe or people that are agnostic or even some people in the church uh, who were raised in the church and, you know, they know all the words, right? But the question often comes up, why does Jesus dying save me from my sin? How would you answer that question? Because Jesus Christ was the only person qualified to walk on this earth. He was, he came down as, he's the son of God, he is God, he walked a sinless life. He kept the law perfect. And in that, he died. He died in our place. He died. He is the one that God sent. Remember, since we can't save ourselves, that means we have to have somebody who can save us. I, You know, any analogy we use to try to explain salvation is going to come across poorly. So forgive me, but I'm just going to use this one. Okay? If you're out at sea and the boat went down, okay, and again, 
this does not anywhere come close to explaining sin. It doesn't come close to being lost, being dead in trespasses. I know that, but I want to try to help people to understand. You're lost at sea. There's no boat. You don't have a life. You have nothing. And that's it. You have nothing. You can't save yourself. You can't swim. We'll say that's being lost, dead, and trespasses and sin. We can't save ourselves. You can't swim. So you're going to drown. You're going to die. You're going to go to hell. You need somebody who can swim or show up in a boat or whatever to rescue you. Jesus Christ is the one who rescues us. Mm. He's the one who comes, who can swim. And then when he walked on water, <laughs> he comes and he saves us. When he died on that cross, the sin debt that we did was then placed upon Jesus Christ. Hmm. And then God's wrath, as I mentioned before, is poured out on Jesus Christ. He's our substitute. The Old Testament, and oh, we, we could spend hours in this. But in the Old Testament, God gives the shadow of that in the sacrificial system. That instead of the Israelites dying for their sin, they would go and confess their sin on the lamb or the ram or, or whatever it would be. They would confess their sin and then they would kill that animal. And the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there was no remission. There was no forgiveness of sin. A life needed, blood needed to be shed. A life needed to die because sin requires death. That's the payment. Sin, people who sin, they deserve to die. Like spiritually, physically, though, death is because of that. Eternal hell, the result, the punishment of it. So when that animal dies, it takes our place. But the Bible says that the bloods of bulls and goats could not take away sin. Only Jesus Christ can do that. And in his resurrection, that is the proof, so to speak, that the sacrifice is accepted. And now the door is opened. Bottom line, it's all of God. This is what God did. And because man sinned, that means a man would have to bring redemption. But because, well, all of man was born in sin, therefore God would have to be, God is the one that would have to do it. God is the Savior. That makes sense. It's not going to be man in himself. So there you have Jesus Christ. The God, the perfect God, man. Does anyone want to add anything else to that? I know I rambled. I'm sorry. No, but I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's in American Gospel, the documentary, that speaks about how only man could pay the debt, yet only God Himself can endure the wrath of God. Amen. And so, Amen. That is why God is fully. Well, Christ is fully man and fully. God 100% uh, both, not 50-50, not 75-25. No, he is 200%. You know, that is the 100% God, yeah, that's right. 100% God. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, it, like, totally comes full circle in the end. And, like, just the whole story of the gospel, like, the death of Christ just fills that gap, that space that really needed to be filled. It's beautiful. Now here's something vitally important with these verses. 
Because I think within all of Christendom, and now I want to talk to people who call themselves Christians, people don't have a problem in Christendom. For the most part, you're starting to get some movements where now it's okay not to believe in God, but we won't get into that today. For the most part, we Jesus, no problem. But this idea of what this verse is saying, there's a lot of movements that have a huge problem with this because they start mixing. They start adding to it. It says, for by grace are you saved through faith. Grace, unmerited favor. This is something, this is you getting what you don't deserve. You getting what you don't deserve. We don't deserve grace, yet God gives us grace. The passage said, how do we receive it? By faith. Just by believing it. Do you believe this? What is the requirement to be saved? Believe the gospel. You hear the message. You hear that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You hear that and you believe it. That's how you receive it. Well, that was the first statement Jesus made after being baptized when he started his ministry. It wasn't as most people think, oh, you know, the, the Sermon on the Mount. It wasn't, you know, changing water to wine. The first thing Jesus did when he started his ministry, the first the first line out of his mouth was, repentant and believe the gospel for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right, repent. Repenting uh, is is turning 180 degrees around from what you're doing. Jesus said, "Repent." That was his first message in the whole gospel. His whole mission started with repent and believe the gospel. Amen. And if it's coming out of the mouth of Jesus, even some of these movements that are like, "No, no, no, we don't accept anything that's not Jesus. If it's not Jesus, it's not." It's not for me. We don't need to believe that. Okay, well, go to Mark. First words out of Jesus' mouth, repent. Amen. Turn away from your sin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, looking back at faith, because some people can be like, oh, yeah, I have faith. And that means absolutely nothing. Because everyone has faith in something. Okay, you know, it's not, I gotta have faith, faith, faith. <laughs> okay, but what does faith mean? Right? It's not just someone's name. Faith, this is, the idea here is, is a reliant trust. Right? Fully trusting. Okay, but in what? In what? Just in grace? No, the Bible's very clear. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that's Jesus Christ, that whomsoever believeth, faith, Put their faith in him, in Jesus, shall not perish, but have eternal life. Those who believe the gospel message, those who see that they have sinned against God, and that their only hope, their only hope is Jesus Christ. Not one of many ways, but one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. If there were two ways, Jesus lied. And therefore, we can't even trust him. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. He's the way. And we're not talking about churches here. Because some people will be like, oh, you're just talking about religion. Absolutely not. We are talking about God Almighty. And we're talking about his provision he had made. 
He came down to this world and sent his son and said, this is the way. That means any other way, any other religious system, all religious systems on this planet are wrong. And that includes a Christless Christianity. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's why we don't keep this message to ourselves. And it's not to say we're better than anyone. No, absolutely not. See, to recognize that you need Jesus, you, reckon, you recognize you are a horrible person, that you've offended God. It's not, oh, I'm better than anyone. Absolutely, we're not better than anyone. Paul said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Who wrote most of the New Testament? I'm the chief of sinners. That's not someone walking around with a chip on their shoulder. No. To get into this, to believe this, you got to admit, no, I'm not a good person. I'm the opposite of that. Jesus Christ is the only way. He is the one that the Father sent. He is the only door. Jesus even said, I am the door. If there, you go any other way, you're a thief and a robber. Yep. That's specific. Jesus said, enter at the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. But then he says, narrow is the way. The, the way is narrow. The gate is narrow. That leads to life. And he said few be that find it. Why? Is it because God doesn't want people to be saved? We just read in John 3.16. God loved the world. We just read. I quoted. A, and I could quote two verses. Where it says the will of God is all come to repentance. That's his will. That's what he wants. He desires that men come to repentance. But guess what? Man doesn't want to repent. Man loves his sin. Man doesn't want to give it up. Man wants to keep living his way. He wants to keep indulging. So men, men aren't going to get saved. But it's not because God doesn't want them to be saved. Yep. It's because their rebellious nature. They don't want to be saved. They hate God. Jesus Christ is the way. And then when we, con and then when we continue, it says, it's not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Yep. And then verse 9, and I, and I want to, we're going to end at verse 9 today. It says, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay. This is where the problem is in the church world. Not in our church. <laughs> in the church world. Okay. There's a lot of people who call themselves Christians that trust in their religiosity. They think they're going to heaven because they go to church. Because their name is on a church roll, because they do good deeds, because they take part in communion, the sacraments. What's okay? We'll go with the Pentecostals. Oh, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're saved, or they're living a holy life, and on and on and on and on and all these things. None of that saves you. Are you saying we shouldn't do those things? Of course we go to church. Of course we do good works. But that is not the way to be saved. That's the evidence that you're saved. And we're going to get into verse 10, which explains that. Because that's where people get confused. They put the cart before the horse. Good works do not save you. Going to church does not save you. I remember speaking to this. I led a youth group years ago uh, in an Anglican church. I remember speaking to the youth group and I said, if you are putting your trust in going to church to save you, if someone were to light this church on fire, the church building couldn't save itself. Mm -hmm. 
Churches do not save a man or a woman. It's Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Yeah. Does anyone want to comment on that? Yeah. Well, you have, um, there's a quote by Luther, Martin Luther, um, that says this, Good works do not make a good man, but a good man does good works. In the same breath, evil works do not make a wicked man, but a wicked man does evil works. And so I think, um, you know, seeing someone that is living a holy life doesn't mean they're saved, right? But a man who is saved will be living a holy life. Yes. In that sanctifying, uh, sanctification process, right? We're all at different places, and um, God is really, if as long as God is working in us, I see no issues with that. But I think that's the thing when we start looking at the, like only only the fruit. You know, when you buy apples at the store, you, you haven't seen the tree. You see, you know, some fruit, and um, that's it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in early uh, in John chapter three, uh, Nicodemus approaches Jesus, and Jesus says, "Unless a man is born again, he can't even enter the kingdom of God." Yeah. Now, you many people have heard "born again Christian," "born again movement." That is not some separate Christian movement. The Bible is actually clear that a Christian is born again. Yep. What do you mean by that? When you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you believe in the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. That's what it means to be born again. The light goes on. Oh, this is real. I'm going to use myself as an example here. I grew up in an Anglican church. And, you know, I went to a church, and I thank God that at that Anglican church had born again pastors. And there were born again people in that church. My grandmother's born again, and they would teach me about that. But until I was 19, that that didn't click. I really did not believe. Part of me was trusting in the fact that, one, I was going to an Anglican church, therefore I was going to heaven, and two, that my grandmother was the Sunday school superintendent, therefore I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I was a, a you know salvation through, through proxy, so a lot of people think that way. Well, I'm going to heaven because my grandma's going to heaven. False. And then, and then it clicked. No way, I need to believe. And then it happened, and I believed. And the Holy Spirit came in and, and did a work. Now, it says here, okay, not of works lest any man should boast. See, the reason why it's not we it's not religious works that we need to earn is because if we can earn it, we could go to God and be like, I earned it. And that means God would owe you something. And if we could earn it, we wouldn't need Jesus. We wouldn't, exactly. And I just want to quickly read this in Romans. Romans chapter 4, verses 1. Um, Paul says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, is found? Uh, Abraham was an Old Testament saint. Um, and it says, For if Abraham were justified by works, he had whereof to glory, but not before God. Talking about boasting. Okay, for what what saith the scriptures? Abraham believed God; it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, so now to him that worketh, the reward is not reckoned of grace, but of debt. And to him who worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. 
even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Bottom line, this passage is saying that if Abraham, and therefore if anybody, could earn their salvation, it would be a debt God would owe to us. Mm -hmm. God would be in our debt. But how could God be in our debt when we have sinned? No, God, we are not in debt. God is not in our debt. We're in debt to him. That's why it's by grace. So we can't boast. There's no boasting. If you're going around boasting, ha, I'm a Christian and you're not, you need to repent of that. That is not a godly attitude. Well, that's really what the, uh, the great exchange of the Bible is. It is that my sin has been taken on the cross. And on the other hand, I receive the righteousness of Christ. And the Bible makes it clear that the righteousness that is upon me, that I am covered with, is not my own. And the second we lose sight of that, then we, com we completely drift away. We, it is the stumbling block that leads us astray, to forget that it is the righteousness of Christ. And uh, it was Jonathan Edwards that when he would see someone else's sin, instead of judging his his main goal was to seek within himself if that was a sin or a problem in his life and so i think it's just really important to remember um that it is the righteousness of christ that is upon us i want to say this um as we're closing this podcast if if you are not saved. If you've been listening to this, maybe you go to church. Maybe you've gone to church all your life. You've not truly trusted in Jesus. I would ask that you would recognize what God has done for you in sending his son to die in your place. Mm -hmm. That you have sinned, but the good news is that God sent his son, that he loves you, and that he wants you to give his life to you. That he wants you to repent and trust the gospel. If that's you, Okay, we're not gonna, I'm not going to pray a sinner's prayer, that, but I would ask that you yourself would repent of your sin, confess your sin to God, and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. That you would put your trust in Him. That you would look to Him and Him alone. And ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Confess Him as your Lord and Savior. Put your trust in Him. Pray to Him. Maybe you have, you've never prayed before. You go, I don't know how to pray. That's okay. Just talk to him like you would talk to anyone. You would tell him, you know, God, I, I've sinned. I recognize I deserve hell, that I deserve your punishment. And I recognize Jesus is the only way, that he died on the cross for me, that he shed his blood for me, and I will put my faith in him and ask that he would forgive me of my sins. Pray to him and believe that he will forgive you on the authority of Scripture. Not my words, not anyone's words, on the authority of Scripture. And if you have, if you have been saved, if you've been born again, why don't you message us? Reach out to Christian Service, and we can contact you and talk to you and help you to grow. Because you can't do this walk on your own. You need Christian family. That's why going to church is important, to grow as a Christian, to have other people 
walk with you, encourage you, help you to understand the Word of God, help you to grow, hold you accountable, teach you what it means to follow Jesus. Yep. And as Greg was mentioning, if you are born again or a brand new Christian, uh, feel free to comment on our videos. Any questions you have regarding the faith, and we will address it probably in one of our uh, Dear Christian Service videos. It's a, a line of videos that we're putting out. It's just five minutes quickly answering very basic questions regarding the faith. Uh, and we, we hope that those videos will definitely be a help to you in uh, just answering those questions that really hit the, the nail on the head in, in, in terms of faith. We really want to help you with those. So if you do have any questions, do feel free to leave them in the comments. Uh, or if you know us personally, send us a text message and we'll, we'll try to answer that question for you. All right. Well, we thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, we hope this has been an encouragement to you. Uh, our next podcast, we're going to look into uh, now how does work, what is works in the life of a believer? Because it doesn't end there. It doesn't end at, okay, you're saved. Now that's it. Well, what do you do? We're going to look into that. Uh, why works, how works is important in the life of a Christian and how it's to be looked at properly. So I am your host, Greg DeScott with Mickey G. Ezra and Robin and guys we thank you and God bless. <laughs>